This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. You don't believe in me. I don't. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your senses? I don't know. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may be a bit of undigested beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. <laughs> Why, there's more of gravy than of grave about you. Whatever you are. Humbug, I tell you. Humbug. Freeze program. Very well done, Data. Your performance skills really are improved. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen A Christmas Carol? The one with Patrick Stewart? So I'm surprised you haven't forced me to watch this. Or I've accidentally seen it because you love two things that I can think of. One is Christmas. That's true. The other (laughs) is Star Trek. Yes, that is also true. Maybe Next Generation. Is that the best iteration? That's the best one with Discovery coming close on its heels. Discovery Discovery could do one and maybe overtake. (laughs) (laughs) Discovery is really good. So, um, trigger warnings up front. I mean, it is, uh, it's based on a book from 1840-something. So it's not too gruesome, but there are, like, some ghosts and stuff and, um, you know, joking about death. And it might not be for everybody. But if, you, if you're familiar with the Christmas Carol story, you're probably, you'll probably know whether or not this is for you, I would think. If you're a bleeding heart of the proletariat, you may not enjoy this film. <laughs> I, I promise I won't keep doing that. Are there no prisons? <laughs> Are there no workhouses? <laughs> so tell me three things you expected from this movie. Well... Were you familiar with the Christmas Carol story before this? Okay. I was not raised by wolves. There has been... I looked this up. You since have never like, seen Miracle on 34th Street. Since the 1950s. Okay, that's true. But here's the thing. If Miracle on 4th Street... If Miracle on 50. Wait, what is it? Miracle on 34th Street. I can see it had a a very big impact on you. Why do I want to say 50? Anyway, sorry. (laughs) But if Miracle on that certain street Mm -hmm. had been remade 20 times (laughs) in the last 50 years, then I could see... Eventually, I would have accidentally seen it. So, yeah, I've seen versions of The Christmas Carol. I looked this up. There's been at least 20 versions, if you include the clever, you know, remakes of it. Yeah. Including the one we're going to, spoilers, one we're going to see 
That, oh, for our next one, episode, yes. Which is Scrooged. Yes. There's another one called um, Carol with Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something there's like that. Um, a Diva's Christmas Carol. Yeah, there's yeah, stuff many. like that. If you include all of those, it's way more than <laughs> 1920. But anyway, so honestly, I expected a lot. Okay. I expected a lot from this little movie that could. Uh-huh. Uh, I, w- I expected to see an adherence only to the outline of the original Dickens story. Mm-hmm. I wanted, secondly, I wanted something that made this version special. I was also expecting an amazing performance from Patrick Stewart. Okay. I gave it... Now, again, see, I, usually you're, you're a good judge. <laughs> you're a... I'm I don't like saying, this usually business. Well, I expect, like, evenness from you. Uh-huh. Those of you who know Virginia will go, yeah, you know what? She'll give you a chance. Mm-hmm. She'll be fair. Mm-hmm. Not too much, not too little. But I expected a lot from this. I'm not saying this is all on you. I expected a lot <laughs> from this movie. I gave it four stars. Like, I thought it was going to be four stars. Okay. I mean, you own it. Yeah. You don't own many movies. So I, I own I a lot of Christmas movies. That's true. I have a Christmas movie collection. But you don't own Miracle on whatever that street is. That's not one of my favorites, though. I just knew you hadn't seen that one. Ah, I see. I have managed to make you watch most of the Christmas movies if you've only been in the kitchen while I've been watching them. So <laughs> that, does, was... that does happen, I'll, I'll admit. So um, what is your one-sentence TV guide summary? In this episode, Jean-Luc gets trapped. <laughs> in this episode, Jean-Luc gets trapped in a Christmas-themed holodeck program. Alexander refuses to play Tiny Tim. Oh, my God. <laughs> if I didn't know that was not an actual Star Trek episode, <laughs> I would think that was an actual Star Trek episode. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm, so, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so do you want to hear what IMDb had to say? Please. So this is A Christmas Carol from 1999, rated PG. It was actually a TV movie made for TNT, which might have... I didn't brought your know estimation that, down a little bit. Yeah, can I say, for the record, I did not know that it was made for TV. <laughs> <laughs> now so you I, know the depths of my love for, for I, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I do. Um, it's an hour and 35 minutes drama fantasy. And it says, an old bitter miser who makes excuses for his uncaring nature learns real compassion when three ghosts visit him on Christmas Eve. So, how how did things obviously not meet your expectations? Well, I mean, it was fine. You know, I didn't, like I, like I said, I What didn't. a glowing recommendation. <laughs> I mean, I probably shouldn't have put so much into it. And again, like, one of our rules for these podcasts is we don't, we're not supposed to Google, we're not supposed to learn about the thing we don't know. You're supposed to go into it cold. Right. Just with whatever knowledge you happen to have. Right. And if we have questions about actors and blah, 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 the other person has to look it up for us. While we're watching the movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So so I probably had my expectations a little a little too high. <laughs> I, I, give it a, I give it a three now. Like, That's pretty reasonable. 
there are many versions. You know, there's one with Jim Carrey and is it Gary Oldman who plays? Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Which came out in 2009. Yeah, later. Like so, after the movie, it sounds like I'm lying. After the movie, I think we're allowed to Google. We can Google later, right? Yeah. That's one of our unspoken rules. Well, yeah, because after we watch it, I go and see what it says on BechtelTest.com and all of that stuff to, right. to prepare. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's. I guess my point is there's many, many different versions of this. I haven't seen the Oldman Carrie one. But if, if, like, my sister said, oh... What movie would you? What version of a Christmas Carol <laughs> would you recommend? I'm like, well, this is a fine one. You know, it's I. I don't know how well or not. I, I tried to look this up, but I'm not sure how well or not it adheres to the original story. I think it does adhere pretty closely. It's yeah. been a while since I, when I say I read it, I listened to a lot of audiobooks at work. So I listened to it a couple of Christmases ago at work, and I remember being like, oh, that is actually a line of because. You know, Patrick Stewart says it in the movie, and I, you know, <laughs> you're not as you're not always as sure, you know, if something's sticking to the book or not. Like Little Women does not always stick with the book. Well, it's like nine thousand pages. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Christmas Carol is pretty short. So, <clears throat> so what do we got here? Let's say the um, are we up to the Bechtel test? Um, no, I wanted to say oh, that. Patrick Stewart should be required by law to walk around in period piece costume with a top hat and carrying a walking stick he at all times. Right? Like, that is what he is meant to wear. <laughs> he did look really comfortable. He wears that in a bunch of holodeck episodes in Next Generation, too, because That's true. he dressed very smartly. Like, when he goes and meets... Uh, Moriarty. Moriarty. I just watched that episode the other day. Yeah. Now, speaking of Next Generation, since Patrick Stewart, hello. Um, there is an episode in The Next Generation in the fourth season called Devil's Do, mm -hmm. where that woman pretends to be the devil for the planet. Yes, that's a great one. Yes. At the beginning of that episode, Data is playing Scrooge in a holodeck scene, <laughs> the one where Marley comes to visit and Picard is watching the performance and like giving him pointers or something I think I haven't watched that one in a while That's funny. but that was um, what year was that in so this was in the season four so that was 1991 and then this movie came out in 1999 mm. and then I think Patrick Stewart also did a version of Christmas Carol live on stage at the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis <laughs> Some of the special effects were actually like pretty good and convincing, especially since they were on TNT. Mm -hmm. Not even like ABC or right <laughs> twenty years ago, right? Except that tornado. That How'd you like that tornado? That was pretty bad. <laughs> but the um, the Marley, uh, the Marley ghost. Marley was the ghost, uh -huh. right? Jacob Marley. Pretty good, pretty convincing. Uh, there are some exceptions. I later went back and said there are a few exceptions, and I was thinking of that tornado. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, this is kind of about a Christmas story in general. It's like one of those ghost reenactment shows that you like, with the person tormented with ghosts. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I do love. I do love ghost shows. So you can see like Patrick Stewart as Scrooge going. 
These ghosts haunted me. All three of them in one night. I gave away all my money, and now I'm destitute. <laughs> like that's a Christmas Carol too. Like, yeah. Where are they now? Right. Ebenezer Scrooge. There. Were, oh, go ahead. There were a lot of good, like I know a lot of the quotes that come from a Christmas Carol, but I love the way that Patrick Stewart delivers them. Like when his nephew comes over and is trying to convince him to be cheerful and like Christmassy, <laughs> yes. and he's like, "Good afternoon, nephew." And he's like, oh, come on. He's like, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Like, he knows no. he's wrong and he just do, won't admit it. Do you want to do, 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 do a little acting okay. for a second? Like, I'll be the I'll be the nephew and you be Patrick Stewart as Scrooge. Do you want to do this or no? You don't, don't have to. I don't know. I don't. Can I edit it out if I don't like of it? Of course. <laughs> I'm, I'll be short. We can be short about it. Okay. Because your only line is, obviously, good afternoon, but it's like more and more each time, right? Right. We're going to do this. Three times, maybe four times if it's good. Okay. Okay. Oh, Uncle, are you going to come to dinner? Good afternoon, nephew. What? I mean, everyone's going to be there. Good afternoon. We're going to have a good afternoon. Uncle. Good afternoon. (laughs) Okay, I can't do that again. No, I mean, you did 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 four. You did four. That was good. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, yeah, like stuff like that. And then I like when um, he gets his own words thrown back in his face, mm. like like the "Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? If they're if they would rather die, they had better do it and de- decrease the surplus population." Like, yeah, you changed your tune now, Scrooge. Yes. Mm-hmm. So as far as I I did like, I mean, there were some moments where Patrick Stewart like found a place. For himself uh, as an actor, because you know he started as a Shakespearean actor. Mm-hmm. Well, you know he, I don't think he ever thought that this would be his career, like being the captain and being Professor X and all in like sci-fi and yeah, yeah, <laughs> comic book stuff. Well, they let it like, especially with Star Trek, they let him do Shakespearean stuff all the dang time, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I think he found some moments like. To in even in in 1999, to say "Bah humbug," and for me to believe, for yeah. me to believe that line, yeah. and for you to for not to go like, oh, like there's a knowing wink to the camera, that's hard. Yeah, that's it's hard true. to figure out how to say that. So let's see real quickly if if I can, mm-hmm. if we have time. Yeah, I don't know if we do. So essentially, this is a time travel movie. The Dickens story pretty much gives the structure to all later time travel stories that happen afterwards. That's a really good point. If you think about it. Yeah, like, like Back to the Future of, 1, 2, and 3. I mean, the go- I mean, it says it right there in the name of the ghost. Ghost of the Christmas past, ghost of Christmas future, present. Right. Um, now, you're going to think that I made this up, but I did not make this up. There's a, You ass- made this up. <laughs> <laughs> There's an assistant professor of physics and astronomy at Johns Hopkins University. Did you notice I said Johns Hopkins University? Is there more than one John? No, but for some reason it has a weird name. Sometimes people say John Hopkins. Johns Hopkins University. His name is Ibrahama Ba. His last name is B 
A H. That's a real thing. Uh-huh. And there's an article about maybe we'll link to it on the website to him talking about he's uh, talking about the physics and the problems of time uh, time travel and the. So, uh, some things work and some things wouldn't work if the ghost tried to use physics and not just magic wow. to go back in time <laughs> through space. That would be pretty cool. To to give real time travel um, experiences to Ebenezer. So, for example, if I may, just real quickly. So, the ghost of Christmas future is it would be scientifically possible with like the laws of physics as we know them now by going super fast uh-huh. out into space and then coming and then coming right back okay because then everyone would have aged a certain amount of time depending on how far they went oh. because of the law of, because of the law of relativity I see so we would have seen everyone older Ebenezer would have already died I see. I got, I gotcha. I mean, when they actually show the body, that becomes problematic. But showing the grave and everything like that, like well, Tiny Tim, Tiny he, Tim would be, he, a, yeah, would be <laughs> good. Anyway, it was interesting. Obviously, going back into time is always a problem with, with right. real physics. Well, and like we've talked about in the Terminator episode, like with any kind of time travel, there's usually some sort of paradox, right? There can be. There yeah. can be. So, well, yeah, anytime. Even just having so essentially, Ebenezer only has information about the future and the well, the past is not so important, but he's information about the the future, and now he's changing things. So yeah, so Timmy lives, but what if Timmy lives and he becomes this maniac and like it is those criminal horrible, <laughs> horrible things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's not really a Christmas. Uh, that's probably not. So might might be why there's not a part two. Maybe. Maybe. So, Bechtel test. So, I was actually surprised that this does pass the Bechtel test. I was expecting it not to. Especially with his adherence, evident adherence to the original story. Right. Um, but I believe it's the ghost of Christmas present takes Scrooge to the Cratchit's house. And Mr. Cratchit and Tim are at church. They're about to come home. And Martha, the oldest daughter, comes in, and the mom says, Oh, Martha, you're late, or says something like that. And Martha's like, Oh, we had to finish up such and such at work, but I'm glad I'm here now. And like, so they talk about her, why she's running late, and what's going on at her work. Mm. Then they start talking about, Oh, dad's coming home, and he's going to be bringing Tim with him, and they plan a surprise, and whatever. But yes, it does, it does pass at that point. Excellent. Um, as for as for disability portrayal, yeah, there's some problems. So Tiny Tim is there's a lot of a lot of stuff to be said about about Tiny Tim, and I am in no way like qualified to to like even begin breaking that down. I found some. I found an article. That sort of explains two sides of the issue. That it's a little bit long, but I'll go ahead and read it. So, okay. So um, this is from 19thCenturyDisability.org. One of the most recognizable characters in Victorian fiction, Tiny Tim Cratchit, 
reappears each Christmas in radio plays, television, stage, and film. Through these cultural reproductions, Tim has come to represent Yuletide charity and the reductive idea that the plight of the disabled can always be alleviated by philanthropy. However, as the short selection of the story sh uh, below shows, which is that scene that we just talked about, mm -hmm. the text of A Christmas Carol itself gives a more complicated depiction of disability than this. On one hand, the melodramatic tone, alas for Tiny Tim, he bore a little crutch and had his limbs supported by an iron frame, implies that Tim's physical state inspires pity alone. Moreover, Tim's identity is reduced to his non-normative body his diminutive size and his crutch stand for stand in for his name, the tiny, tiny and Tim, tiny Tim. Yeah. In fact, Tim sees himself as a reminder of Christ's healings, that is, of erasures of disability. That his father Bob reports this rather than Tim further obscures Tim's autonomy. On the other hand, the passage also shows Tim as an active member of his community and family taking full part in their religious and festive traditions. The narrator here not only depicts Tim's body as bearing physical limitations, but also as using adapted and energetic mobility as seen in his, quote, active little crutch. So there's just like, so there's so much happening in the depiction of Tiny Tim, like, yeah. I would highly, I would highly suggest people do their own search and find out, like, what other people think about it, because... There's a lot out there. Okay. I want to play, like, Dickhead's Advocate for a second. Not that Dickheads need, uh, need an advocate. They never need an advocate. But if it's 1840-something? 1843, I think. 1843 that A Christmas Carol was written, like, it's certainly problematic. But to even inc to include... To, like... For Dickens to include that at all, like, I can only assume, and I'm only assuming, obviously, I'm assuming that, like, at the time, you'd rather, like, not think about it and read about, you know, any any kind of disability. Like, no one with a disability, I would seem, it would seem, would be, if they were in, if they were in you know, literature, I would assume that it would be, like, as a, here come the bad guys, because they have a limp, or whatever. Uh-huh. So, I mean, at least it's it's there. And that's, that's part of the, that's part of the thing where it's, like, um, where I say there's a lot to be said about Tiny Tim, sure. is, like, yes, he is a representation, and some people are, like, that's great, it's a representation sure. in 19th century England. <laughs> right. And some people are like, yeah, it's a representation, but that's not the representation that we want. Well, it was, sure. you know, 200 years ago. There's a different... So, like, the questions you're asking are, like, the, the debate that is had around this character. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Tiny Tim. So, are there any pop culture references you now understand? I mean, again, it's not it's, like yeah. they had robots come from the future... <laughs> like they they seem to stick pretty closely mm -hmm. so not really no and i don't know do we want to do how would the movie be different with today's technology i don't think i mean there are so many remakes and like this was written seriously like 170 years ago so but if you think okay just real briefly 
if I get visited by ghosts, I'm going to wake up and sort of Google, like, okay, like, I'm having some sort of hallucination. That's true. I don't know if that would help. You get, like, your ghost radar on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting an M for Marley? No. No, no. It's a dollar sign. A pound <laughs> sign. <laughs> um, so do we have anything else to discuss? I think that's quite enough, young lady. The line must be drawn here. Yeah, no father. <laughs> is my is my Patrick Stewart getting any better? A little. Okay. So that about wraps it up. Number one. <laughs> You're number one. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us in all our terrible jokes on iTunes and Stitcher, <laughs> and also on the Cosmic Potato. I, I have such trouble saying Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. At CosmicPotato.com. Episode transcripts and links to what we talked about are available on our website at WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter under WaitYNS, and you can also email us at WaitYou'veNeverSeen at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching A Christmas Carol 2. The Christmasing. <laughs> Does that, is that, that, is that, that remain does that remain funny if we keep saying the same joke? It's funny to us. <laughs> and we're probably the only ones listening to us. <laughs> we'll be watching Scrooge. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>